Well, Merry Christmas, Christ Chapel. It's great to worship with you and hope you're enjoying all the things that the Christmas season uh, brings. There's so many wonderful things about uh, the Christmas season that I know that I enjoy, but I, I actually enjoy the season when the, we begin to fall back. I, I enjoy the season when we, it gets darker earlier. It starts getting a little bit crisper and a little bit uh, cooler and it uh, feels like we can go to bed a little bit earlier. But one of the things that I enjoy about the, the time change when we begin to fall back even before Christmas is I actually sometimes find myself looking at the stars. Now, I know that makes it sound like I'm a hopeless romantic, which I am definitely uh, not. Although I do enjoy a rom-com every once in a while, especially if it has Vince Vaughn, who I think is hilarious. But I'm not a hopeless romantic whatsoever, but it is kind of captivating to look up at the stars, to, to just look at the different uh, constellations that are up there and to see how many that you can see. And one of the things that strikes me when I'm looking at the stars is that I'm joining people for thousands of years who've been looking at those exact same stars. And I know that because we have the stories to prove it. There have been stories of people looking at those stars where they've tried to connect the dots and they've come up with stories about what those connected dots mean. Those are constellations. So for instance, there's Leo the lion. Uh, some of you might recognize some of these, but uh, in Greek mythology, uh, Leo the lion was this lion that no one could kill with uh, a mortal weapon. However, Hercules came along and he kills Leo the lion and that grows obviously Hercules's fame and lore. Or there's another one, Taurus the bull. Um, the, this actually, this constellation goes further back than Greek mythology, but in Greek mythology, the, the story goes or the myth goes that uh, Zeus, or as our friend Jonathan Murphy would call him, Zeus, Zeus actually turned himself into a bull to impress a princess, because isn't that what every princess wants, a man who turns even more brutish than they already are? Or you've got uh, the great bear. The great bear, which comes actually from Ursa Major, but Ursa Major includes the Big Dipper, which I think if there's one that we can all connect to, it's, it's the Big Dipper. We can see that one. But the Big Dipper is in Ursa Major, makes up the great bear. And the, the myth or the story goes that Zeus or Zeus wanted to protect this maiden and therefore turned her into a bear. Because nothing says I love you like turning your loved one into a bear. Uh, we wish they all could be Baylor bears, don't we? I'm just kidding. But these are all the, the stories and the, the myths and the legends that, that people have come up with over thousands of years where they've looked up to the stars and tried to connect the dots to come up with this, this lore, not only in ways that uh, are, are entertaining, but in ways that made sense of their world. But as entertaining as those stories might be, they're very impersonal. I mean, when I tell you that story, you go, okay, so what? Like, what does that have to do with my life? What does that have to do with my yesterday or my tomorrow? They're, they're entertaining, but 
impersonal. And you say, well, Cody, that's because it's archaic. That's ancient where people just try to connect dots to uh, provide meaning or, or purpose of their life to make sense of the things around them. Well, actually, that's not just an ancient idea. It's a modern idea. People today try to connect the dots. And I'm not just talking about people who believe in astrology or, or, or horoscopes, which I do not uh, believe in. But Steve Jobs, whom you all have heard of before, gave a commencement speech at Stanford in 2005. And he said this to these graduates that were about to embark on their future endeavors. He said, so you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has made the difference in my life. Now, I think Steve Jobs was a brilliant man, but this sounds very irrational and illogical. To, to send these graduates off and say, trust that somehow the dots will connect in your future. Trust that there will be some dots that connect that give you purpose and meaning and direction. Trust in your gut. Trust in destiny. Trust in karma. Trust in, as he says, whatever. What kind of direction is that? What dots are actually connecting with those graduates? If you read that quote, what kind of dots connect for you? That's a, that's a hope on a wish and a prayer. You see, connecting the dots isn't just an ancient idea, it's a modern idea. Why? Because all of us want to know that our life has meaning, that our life has purpose, that by the random things that are going on around us are not so seemingly random, but can actually connect us to something bigger, something broader, something more beautiful, and give us direction in our lives. And isn't that the story of Christmas? The story of Christmas begins with a star, a star that connected some wise men who were searching for meaning, for purpose, for direction. And that star led those wise men to a real savior. That's what we read in Matthew chapter two, verse two. It says, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. These magi, these men would have looked at the stars their entire lives. They would have known what they looked like. And when they saw this star, this star was different. And this star led them differently than any stars of the past. And it led them obviously to the true star of the show, a real savior that is Jesus, that is Christ our Lord. That's the story of Christmas and that's the story that has been changing people's lives for thousands of years, changing the lives of people that you are sitting around and that's the story that we continue to celebrate and share this Christmas Eve. See, if you've been with us through 2023, then you know that we've been walking through the book of Acts and Luke has recorded the birth of the early church and the church was birthed really based on the life of Jesus, that, that he established the church as he is the head of the church. And now everyone who follows him now shares the story of who Jesus is to them personally. 
And that's how the church grows. And that's what we've been studying this entire calendar year. But as we've been coming to the end of the book of Acts, what we've seen is the Apostle Paul, whose life was radically transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is now being held to account, that people are asking him, what is going on with you? And he's been paraded in front of these different uh, principalities and authorities and kings and rulers, and everyone's asking him the same question. Help us connect with what is going on in your life because everywhere you go, there seems to be a stir. There seems to be a transformation. What is going on? And in Acts chapter 26, Paul finds himself in front of King Agrippa. Now, one of the things that you need to know about King Agrippa, he was the great grandson of Herod the Great, but King Agrippa had a Jewish heritage. He had a Jewish heritage, which means he would have known a lot of the the prophecies that the Jews would have recorded and believed in that spoke of the coming Messiah. And so when Paul gets paraded in front of King Agrippa, he says this, I consider myself fortunate that I am before you, King Agrippa, especially because you are familiar with all the customs of the Jews. Paul considered himself fortunate to be in front of King Agrippa, not because he would be let go. Because remember, throughout the end of the book of Acts, Paul is in custody. He's not a free man. He's under house arrest a lot of times. He's imprisoned. But he finds himself fortunate to be in front of King Agrippa. Why? Because King Agrippa knew the custom of the Jews. See, Paul knew that in order to reveal an unknown God to King Agrippa, he didn't have to tell him a bunch of things he had never heard before. He just simply had to connect the dots. He just tried to connect the dots for King Agrippa going, you've heard of this custom. You've heard of this prophecy. You've heard of this Jesus. Let me connect those dots for you. Let me tell you that he is the one the world has been waiting for. You see, I don't want any of you to be misled. The fact that our sermon series has been called Revealing the Unknown God does not mean that God wants to be unknown. He wants to be known. He wants to reveal himself to you. He's wanted to reveal himself to the world. And he's revealed himself through so many different ways throughout scripture and throughout our modern world because he wants to be known. That's why Jesus came in the first place because he is the image of the invisible God. He wanted to be known by you. And Paul wanted everyone around him to know Jesus too. And so he reveals this unknown God to Agrippa simply by connecting the dots of all the things around him. See, Christmas is a great time to connect those dots. Why? Because there are so many Christmas customs that you are all familiar with. But those Christmas customs, if we really look at the meaning of them, always connect us back to Christ. Now certainly there are some customs around Christmas time uh, that have nothing to do with spirituality like the cowboys always getting our hopes up around Christmas time only to be dashed before the new year. That's nothing spiritual whatsoever. But there are many Christ- Christmas customs that you're familiar with that if you'll just think about them a little bit deeper, they'll connect you to Christ and reveal an unknown God. For instance, 
Christmas lights. I mean, who doesn't enjoy looking at Christmas lights during the Christmas season? Well, the truth is those Christmas lights point us to the fact that Jesus says he's the light of the world. He came into a dark, cold, and hopeless world to bring truth, warmth, and light. He brought that hope into a place where there was not hope. And one of the things that scripture tells us is no matter how dark the dark gets, the darkness will never overcome the light. You see, the Christmas lights are just a symbol of who Jesus is in our everyday world. He came to bring you truth. He came to bring the warmth of relationship. He came to bring light into your life. Or candy canes. I'm sure when you go home, there's probably a candy cane uh, at home somewhere. Or you've come across a candy cane, I'm sure, during this Christmas season. Well, what is the shape of the candy cane? The shape of the candy cane is in a shepherd's crook, a shepherd's staff. That, what does that point to? It points to the fact that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd who leads us to life. He is the one who lays down his life for the sheep. He came to seek and to save those lost sheep, even leaving the 99 to chase after the one. He is the good shepherd. That's what this reminds us of. And he also tells us that the good shepherd knows his sheep by name and they know his voice as well. You see, he wants to connect with his sheep. He wants to connect to you. And that's what the candy cane reminds us of. Or maybe it's just uh, presents or, or, or gifts that you give to other people. Certainly these things remind us of the gifts that the wise men brought when they followed that star and found the Savior Jesus, the King of the Jews, who was prophesied about. They gave these wonderful, precious gifts because Jesus was a precious gift to us. See, we don't just exchange gifts to mimic the magi or the wise men of that day. We give gifts because Jesus was God's gift to us. He was, he was a gift that we didn't deserve because that is the essence of a gift. You see, if you got something that you deserved, that would be a wage. That would be like, like a paycheck. You worked and therefore you got paid. But a gift is something above and beyond. It's something that you didn't deserve. And when God sent his son, Jesus, he was a gift that you and I didn't deserve. Remember John chapter three, verse 16. For God so loved the world, which you are included. He loved you. He came to seek and to save you. He loved you so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. You see, Jesus reminds us that he is the greatest gift that God ever gave to us. There are wonderful gifts around, but he is the ultimate gift. That's what that reminds us of this Christmas. But you didn't deserve that gift. You see, so often when we think about Christmas, we think about the naughty list and the nice list. But guess what? Every one of us in God's book was on the naughty list because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us were on the nice list because each of us have turned astray. We've all gone our own way. We've all turned our back on God and we've all walked away from him. And everything that we deserved was separation from God. 
we deserved eternal condemnation because of our sins. That's what you deserved. But the gift was Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came to lay down his life and to give his life as a ransom for you and for me, to pay the penalty for your sins so that you wouldn't get what you deserved, so that you wouldn't get the coal in your stocking, so that you would get a gift, eternal and abundant life in Jesus. See, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while you were a sinner, while you deserved no gift, while you deserved coal in the stocking, he gave his only son to pay the penalty for your sins. Now building a bridge back to a holy God. That's why God sent his son, Jesus. That's what we celebrate this Christmas is that Jesus is God with us. The great gift that we didn't deserve. So this Christmas, will you receive that gift? You see, my, my hope is that all of these dots around you would just connect, that they would connect in a way that you understand that Jesus came to connect with you, that he wants to connect with you in a deep and abiding relationship where he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Would you believe in him? Place your faith, place your trust in him this Christmas Eve. And some of you might be saying, well, well Cody, whoa there. You, you, you can't ask me that question that quickly. You can't ask me to, to believe. Well, let me say, man, you sound a lot like King Agrippa because at the end of Acts 26, after Paul connects these dots for Agrippa, Agrippa says back to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? Do you think you can persuade me that quickly? I think Paul's like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and here's why. Because what God was doing in Agrippa's life didn't just begin in that conversation with Paul. And I don't begin, I don't believe that God just began working in your life at this very moment. I think there's been a lot of dots in your past that he wants to connect. And all of those dots have connected to lead you to this very point, this very time, so that you would connect with him. You see, those things in your past aren't, aren't random. They aren't just random, impersonal, illogical data points or dots that no one understands, but in Christ, God can connect those dots in a way that makes sense, in a way that leads to your good, in a way that leads to a relationship with him, in a way that leads to God's glory. So will you connect with him this Christmas? He's led you to this point so he could connect with you. And maybe you've already placed your trust in Jesus Christ. And here's my admonition. Would you use all the data points that you see, all the data points that you experience to lead you to connect back to Jesus Christ? You see the candy cane? Thank him that he's a good shepherd. You see the Christmas lights? Thank him that he's the light of the world and the darkness will never overcome the light. If you're feeling lonely, then hey, connect with him because he's Emmanuel, God with us, the God who will never leave us, never forsake us. Maybe you're sensing uncertainty in the, in the coming year or anxiety. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the one who is sovereign over all creation. You see, all the data points that you see, let them connect you back to Christ because 
That's the reason why all these data points exist. That's the reason why all these dots have ever existed, even the dots of the stars. Why? Because he's pointing everyone back to him. The greatest gift that God has ever given. You see, connecting those dots begins with connecting with Christ. Connect with him this Christmas. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the gift that we didn't deserve, the gift that we didn't earn, the gift that maybe up until this Christmas Eve, we never knew that we needed. God, would you open our hearts, Holy Spirit, speak to us, draw people to yourself. Maybe for the first time, or maybe closer and deeper than they've ever known before. Because all the things that have happened in our lives and all the things going on right now, you wanna use in a way that connects us to you. Thank you for the great length that you went to to connect with us. May we connect with you this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.